Good evening and welcome to Lauren's Wednesday Night Podcast. If you've called in, you've noticed as a caller you've been muted. Whenever I'm in interview or personal commentary mode, I always mute callers. The chat room, however, always remains open. You're more than welcome to chat among yourselves. At the commence, just go ahead and press star 2. It sort of raises your hand on the board. I'll see you. Open you up if you have any questions or comments. Uh, All opinions, comments of my viewers, they may not necessarily uh, reflect my own opinions. However, in any type of communication forum, there is much knowledge to gain. And I do believe that's how we grow. So, uh, again, with further ado, we're going to go ahead and begin the show. And again, uh, at the end of the interview tonight, uh, just go ahead and start two. Again, I'll see you on the board and then open you up for questions and comments. So, uh, like they say in show business, guys, let's go ahead and get the show on the road. A few moments here. Hi. Welcome to Lauren's Wednesday Night Podcast. Oh, new Jack, targeted individuals. I've got some real craft for you this evening. Our speaker, Miss Janet Phelan. Miss Phelan is an investigative journalist, written many articles for newspapers and magazines, and she's also the author of a great book titled Exile. Tonight, she will cover a pandemic, genocide, targeting marginalized groups. Oh my gosh, New Jack targeted individuals, stand up if you can and give a warm welcome and applause. I present Miss Janet Phelan. Welcome. Wow, I'm my. Good evening, Jen. I'm knocked off my seat. Thank you so much, Lauren. <laughs> You're welcome, Janet. Good evening. Good evening. I am so It's uh it, it's very, you. very nice of you to have invited me to do your show and thank you so much. You are very welcome. Janet, many of us in the community uh know your uh reputation as an author of the book Exile. Many of us have read your book. However, this evening, what you are driven to talk about with us is the pan-epidemic genocide of marginalized groups. Can you briefly tell us what um, gained your interest for this topic? Well, um, that's a very complicated question. I cover the issue of the coming pandemic in my book, Exile. Um, What prompted me to start looking at uh, the the subject matters that I'm now writing about, um, everything started uh, to change for me around 2000, 2001. And uh, at that time, um, there was a target put on the back of my mother who was murdered. And a lot of the book Exile goes into the um, the 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 first attempt on my mother's life, uh, how she was murdered, who was involved, the cover up, and then the cover up began to extend to 
um, to an attempt to silence me. And so I, at that point, um, woke up. Uh, you know, woke up from the American dream, right? The American dream that uh, is really no longer the reality. What the reality is at this point in time appears to be this, that there are certain groups that are being targeted with uh, different sorts of issues. Uh, Some of them are legal issues. We see this in the adult guardianship movement where elders are being funneled into adult guardianships. They are being uh, uh, stripped of all their rights, robbed of their assets, and then sent to an early grave. Uh, We also see uh, different sorts of targeting happening uh, in family court to children where children are, um, certain children are being removed from their parents in order to be used as guinea pigs. Uh, Some of these children have rare diseases. They're therefore uh, removed from their parents on trumped up charges and then they're put into um, research programs. Uh, Another form of targeting, as we know, Oh yeah, yeah. that's um, mm. happening. Uh, unfortunately, it's rather widespread. I have done some articles on that as well. Um, of course, you are familiar with the kind of targeting where directed energy weapons are being tested on people. So there's, you know, the and 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 we can also talk about what's happening uh, when police uh, open fire and kill. A civilian, an armed civilian, most of whom, interestingly, are people of color. So what we have seen happen now is that there just simply is, generally speaking, usually uh, no culpability at all for the involved officers. So police can kill people. uh, The government can take your child away if your child has has an unusual or interesting illness. If you have an adult, uh, if you have a parent who has saved up some some kind of a nest egg, that parent can be put into an adult guardianship program and essentially euthanized. Um, so, you know, we have a, a bunch of different sorts of, uh, of issues going on with different populations. And the work that I've done, um, I believe that this coming pandemic is uh, going to uh, be something of a clean sweep. I think they. I think that we're seeing the rising up of a master race agenda, and I think that demographic groups, marginalized or not, that fall into uh, the catch-all for being, you know, the wrong race, the wrong religion, the wrong, you know, whatever the parameters are here. I think that the pandemic will uh, tidally sweep them up, and that will be that. So this is sort of the scenario that I'm working off of. Do you think um, they are not, this is the bigger picture, in fact, Janet, that they are not going to let many uh, victims aware of? Do you you feel that way? Well, I think that they're working very hard uh, to keep this under wraps. Um, Before I was impelled to flee the United States. I was able to get uh, blueprints and uh, from various different venues as well as certain documents which supported my contention that 
uh, this pandemic will at least in part be delivered through the water system selectively. And the blueprints that I was able to get um, from actually several different venues, from California, from Oregon, from Idaho, um, and from Washington, uh, basically all show the same uh, sort of tweaking of the water system uh, that would enable a selective distribution of whatever agent they choose to use. And the key word here is selective. Um, for example, if somebody dumps something in the reservoir, uh, cyanide, you know, whatever, uh, it's going to go into everybody's into everybody's water. Okay, that's that is a non-selective. So, if they were going to use the water systems for a uh, a eugenics effort, they'd have to be sure that they mm -hmm. only hit their targets. Otherwise, they're going to kill themselves. Right. Right. So. That's right. So that means, um, for example, cyanide. Use an example: cyanide in the in a populous water system. To make sure they're targeting a specific group, they're going to make sure the distribution of that particular water will reach that particular group. Is that right? That's, which is very deliberate, exactly actually. Right. Very That's deliberate. Exactly right. That's what the blueprint show. The blueprint show that that uh, they they have now instituted the capability to do that. So, if for those who uh, are not aware of this yet. There are various articles where there are pictures of blueprints. Um, one is mm -hmm. Water as a Weapon. Another uh, article that appeared uh, first at Salem-News.com is called Homeward Bound. Uh, there are other articles as well that feature pictures of the blueprints. And I would like to say that getting these blueprints was, was quite an ordeal. Um, I initially started by making yeah I initially started by making uh, a public records act request to the city of Santa Monica in California. I was at that point writing a weekly column for the Santa Monica Daily Press, and I marched myself into City Hall and made a uh, uh, official request to see some water records, and that was the end of my tenure at the Santa Monica Daily Press. Uh, Within a few hours, I got a call from the editor actually yelling at me. Uh, she had not authorized what? me to make any Public Records Act requests. Um, I was, and this is a direct quote, I was endangering her position as uh, editor for the Santa Monica Daily Press. By making this request, uh, I went over to the office right away to try to talk to her, found myself uh, barred from her office, and that was the end of that. So um, the initial uh, request to the city of Santa Monica ended up with a letter uh, being sent to me, which is, I did include in, in one of these articles, uh, where the city of Santa Monica says there are no uh, records responsible to your request, meaning, of course, that because I made sort of a broad, um, fairly undefined request for water records, meaning that city of Santa Monica has no water records, they have no bills, they have no blueprints, they have nothing, really. So bald-faced lie. So then I, I moved further on, uh, made some requests to the city of Los Angeles, and got back a letter saying, oh, we'll be happy to give you these blueprints, but, but we will be redacting them, meaning they will be excising certain parts of the uh, records. And uh, unbeknownst mm. to the city of Los Angeles, 
I'd already gone ahead and gotten some photos of real blueprints, and this is how I did that. I um, I uh, was able to locate where the city crews were doing some work on water lines. I I'd show up. I'd flirt uh, brazenly with the foreman, uh, you know, just and get it like all sort of hot and bothered, interested. And it's like, oh gosh, it's so great what you're doing here. Can I see your? Uh, can I see the records? Can I see the blueprints? Oh, sure, lady, here they are. And I take my pictures and off and take off. Okay. So so I already mm -hmm. had photos that showed that the system had been renovated uh, to have the components necessary to do the selective delivery. So I was comparing the records I had from the records given to me by the city of Los Angeles. And you know what they redacted, Lauren? They redacted what? the evidence. Yeah, they redacted the evidence of the of the targeting capabilities. So that was an interesting oh my uh, gosh. situation. At that point, I knew yes, I was on the, right, on the right. So let me just talk oh, a little yes. bit about the targeting capabilities. So what they have instituted okay. in in cities um, across America is they've instituted a double line water system. So you don't have just one main running down the street, you've got two, okay? And whatever is in that second line, and that second line was redacted from the blueprints that I got from the city of Los Angeles. Whatever is in that second line is being withheld by remote control valves. So um, they're using the same service line. So you've only got one service line into every house. And everybody's drinking off that one line, okay, but if they open up the second line and they can do so selectively because of the placement of valves, then whatever's in that second line will go in selectively into the houses where uh, the valves have been opened up and they've been opened up remotely. And on some of these articles, I've gotten even pictures of the remote control valves. So, so it's a very clever thing they've done because the targeting system, the pandemic system, is under the street. It's under the pavement. So it's not there in plain sight. Like, you know, for example, like pe like chemtrails are. You look up and there they are. You look down, you don't see anything. You don't see anything at all. That's, tr that's you'd have true. No, you, you'd no have, you don't. You have no idea. Right. Furthermore, they went ahead so that around. The oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to quickly just make sure I understand something. There's a dual water system, and I want to make sure I understand this. Anybody that doesn't know any better, it reads as if there's one water system, but in actuality there's two, right? That's the covert part. There's in a, like two of them. Is they, right? they, but they don't let anybody line. know that. Second line. There's a second line, uh -huh. right? And if you walk in, if you walk into your, you know, your 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 city office as I did, and make a public records act mm -hmm. request, you know, I get back blueprints, everyone stamped redacted with no second line. But I go I, I go, you know, to the foreman on the street and you know, and, and dazzle him with my my uh you know, my batty blue eyes and, and he gives me blueprints that show and they show so so you've got a system that they're trying to hide. They're hiding it under the street and they're hiding it by not responding fully to public records act requests. Now Right around the time 
of um, of the attack on the World Trade Center, they also started to change uh, the laws. Um, one change in the law was actually uh, that 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 could be seen as 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 having to do with this system was uh, put into the USA Patriot Act. It's Section eight one seven eight seventeen of the USA Patriot Act, and that uh, that particular uh, uh, section states that um, it, it, it basically it's, it's the expansion of the biological weapons statute and it makes it a, a crime uh, to uh, to deploy transport uh, you know, do you know nasty things with biological weapons except in the case uh, where the US government is the purveyor and the exact verbiage of 817 is um, that uh, the U.S. is going to be exempt, okay? The U.S. is exempt from this law. So if there were uh, some sort of clean sweep effort made through water systems um, or other other sorts of mechanisms uh, that could produce a pandemic, uh, then the U.S. has no culpability. So um, I can actually read. I can. I can actually read this. Let me just quickly Google this because I should have it by memory. But at this point, I probably don't. And I'll read exactly um, what this says. And there were some other laws that were changed too. Oh yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, please. I just wanted to know one question, Janet. Do you think there was a dual line in the Flint, Michigan water? You know, they they still have issues with their water. That stuff was looking like sludge. It was brownish, and they still have dirty water, drinking water. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it could have been. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could have been. And the the majority of Flint, Michigan is black. That's right. That lead is. That is. Mm-hmm. No, and, and a lot of lead, heavy lead, and it's by... Yeah. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it appears that mostly, you know, people of color. Well, they're mostly people of color living in Flint, Michigan. And it seems mostly that people of color yes. were at home. So, um, now this is interesting. I just googled. Section 817, and I've noticed, re- ah, here we go. Recently, there's been some interesting things going on on Google, and it's getting harder to find, but here it is on the second page. I'm going to read from this directly. Uh, Section 817, okay. expansion of the biological weapons statute. So it says here, whoever violates this section shall be fined, as provided in this title, imprisoned not more than 10 years or both, but the prohibition contained in this section shall not apply with respect to any duly authorized United States governmental activity. So all this prohibition, um, you know, against biological weapons, uh, possessing them, transporting them, uh, it it does not apply to the United States government. Now, equally, um, around the same time, I believe it was in 2002, there were further laws passed having to do specifically with infrastructure. And as we know, um, water is infrastructure. And it was made a crime, 
punishable by prison for any uh, government officer official to disclose information about critical infrastructure. So apparently it is not a crime to give a reporter redacted uh, blueprints that don't show the second line. That's not, that's not a crime. But they are redacting it. And there was a meeting that I had in Medford, Oregon, uh, where I was making a further request for more information, more blueprints, and they were uh, trying to give me uh, these redacted uh, blueprints, which, and once again, I'd already found my, my source for blueprints that weren't redacted. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I asked, uh, I was in a meeting with a uh, chief engineer and also with a um, public, uh, public affairs officer, and I read the part of that law that makes it a crime for them to disclose uh, the information. I said, is this what is governing uh, our conversation here and the things you're saying? And they both got up and said, the conversation's over, and they walked out of the room. Oh, my God. This is the kind of transparency we've got here. And I'm really uh, trying very hard to get, you know, hammer out, uh, you know, the the risk that is um, that is now uh, quite quite obvious to me uh, through this particular system. Uh, I'm also very concerned about other kinds of targeting systems that are going on. As you know, I've written. I've written on about guardianships. I've written on a little bit on directed energy weapons, and I've written, you know, somewhat on on some other issues as well. Um, homeless people are also uh, appear to have some kind of a target on their back. So, you know, we've got a situation now that is no longer uh, no longer freedom of justice for all. You know, it's, it's freedom of justice uh, and life for those that are deemed worthy. Well, I just have a question because uh, your background as a journalist, uh, the part of the media system, uh, Janet, are they seeing, you know, strongholds not to report this whatsoever? Because I have a feeling the media, you know, I mean, have they been gagged not to really expose this? Well, you know, it's very strange what's happening with the media. I mean, you saw what happened with me in the Santa Monica, Monica Daily Press. I was just I was exactly. so out of there. Well, at the time, I was also working with uh, someone who was in, who was at the Los Angeles Times, and I I was sort of uh, sharing with him what I was finding, and uh, he was just absolutely shocked. He said, "This is." incredible we have to bring this to the attention of the editors of the LA Times and so I was sending the information as it was coming in over to Fred and Fred brought it to the attention of the editors of the LA Times and Fred was let go that was the end of Fred my god so that's, the people, that's people are getting on world people yeah, are scared so, they want to keep their careers yeah, people want to keep their career. Well, that was the end of Fred at the Times. I mean, the, it wasn't the end of me and Fred. Uh, the, the Times let let him go. They actually they actually had a security guard. They had a security guard uh, escort him out of the building. Right? He was suddenly very. Oh dangerous. my goodness! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's horrible. So I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that there's, you know, alternative media that has been willing uh, to to get this this story out there, but it's not it is not yet out there uh, to the extent that it needs to be. So, um, you know, uh, I I uh, I'm, I'm distressed about that. Um, I went so far as to um, take these blueprints and some of the other research, um, and I. On two occasions, I went to uh, Geneva, Switzerland, and presented at the Biological Weapons Convention at the United Nations there. I um, had created an NGO back in 2010, and our work had already been accepted uh, by the United Nations. Uh, There were two cycles of the Universal Periodic Review of the Human Rights Record of the United States, and the NGO, which is named Ithaca, had presented uh, papers having to do with the human rights record of the U.S. And so, you know, we were in like Flint. So I uh, traveled twice to Geneva and presented uh, to, you know, the, the nations of the world. And um, the second presentation, I think, was really because, you know, you learn as you go with this, you know, what works, what doesn't work, how to how to squeeze this all into six minutes because that's all the time they were going to give the NGOs. And and so I made a presentation in 2016 also at the Biological Weapons Convention. And um, I, I, was, I was really confident because I was mostly citing mainstream sources. Uh, I was showing how the, the United States was violating this international agreement called the Biological Weapons Convention in many different ways. You know, not only has the U.S. written this peculiar piece of legislation, you know, that I read from Section 817 of the USA Patriot Act, um, as it stands, the U.S. is required uh, through the convention mandates to report to the convention at large if there's any change uh, in in their biological quote-unquote defense program, for example, if their laws change. So the question I I had to research was, did the U.S. report this 817 to the Biological Weapons Convention? The fact is they did not. They did not fulfill uh, their mandate and report the change. But it got even worse than that because they actually, uh, through the person of a doctor, Daniel Gerstein, who was at the convention as a member of Homeland Security and made a presentation at the convention about these great protective biological weapons laws the U.S. has. Well, through that person, uh, he lied. He put up on a screen, this is our great protective, you know, legislation about biological weapons. It was the old law before it was amended in 817 to give the U.S. government immunity. So that was an act of, of, that was a bald-faced lie and a deception. And there were other parameters as well. So uh, I made sure that the, that the presentation in, in 2016 was fairly thorough, and it was thorough enough to gain the attention of a Russian media. There was a reporter from the Russian news giant TASS, uh, covering the convention, and he pulled me aside, he interviewed me, and there was an entire spread in Pravda about 
my presentation, what it was I was saying, okay, which was I thought was was I was I was very pleased about that. I was not pleased because there was a lot of U.S. media there as well. Not one word. Not one word. So unbelievable. Yet believable. <laughs> Um, well, this is the world we're in now. You know, um, it is. Uh, and I'm just sitting here. But Janet, when are we going to have someone speak like Walter Winchell and stuff? When are we going to perhaps, you know what I mean, all the president's men, somebody's going to just get in there and, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. And get a Pulitzer Prize you know, exposing I, this. Yeah, that's what, you know. We don't get Pulitzer Prizes anymore. We get dead. <laughs> we get that for <laughs> where we're forced we're forced to leave the country like I was, and um you know life is made uh, extremely difficult i mean I do discuss some of the repercussions um in in exile because it's certainly not been an easy path for me, but they're not giving Pulitzer prizes investigative reporting anymore. What they're doing is they're basically uh, doing everything they can to, to silence these reporters. So. And it has worked, it's, Janet, it's because I'm not just on their local news, but even world news information. And when they all start sounding the same, I just turn off the TV. I don't, there's no meat uh, into it. I'm bored. Because mm-hmm. I know some of it, it is fake. I'm bored. They're holding my yeah. attention. Wow. Uh, wow. You're smart, Laura, and I know something. Something's not something's going on that's not right there, right? You ain't lying. You're not lying. Do they think this is a pity? And then, then that means all the marginalized groups, this is sad, are like unsuspecting little innocent sheep that are going to be simply led to slaughter. And I nobody is going to... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, you know, fine. this is this is the situation we're in now. So, um, mm. the question is, you know, the, I mean, the questions arise on multiple levels. Uh, how? Because how, how, believe me, there are a lot of people who know about this water thing. Number one, uh, where are they? Why aren't they speaking up? Why? How do they sleep at night? But there's more going on. As we know, besides this, for example, um, there's a lot of buzz about FEMA camps, right? And this is what I know for sure about FEMA camps, that there was a law passed under Ronald Reagan um, entitled Army Regulation 210-35 and discusses uh, the use of, of military bases, closed military bases, to house a certain prison population. And it goes into some pretty scary details. For example, uh, that there can be no news media whatsoever about these prison populations. And that uh, if there are deaths uh, among the prison population, then nobody is held responsible. But it also appears, Army Regulation 210-35 appears to indicate what kind of prison populations these are going to be? Because the law says uh, that these camps need to be run in accordance with the McKinley Homeless Assistance Act. Now, that to me is kind of a red flag. So one thing that, that I have been 
kind of doing with some of my reporting is I've kind of been checking in uh, on on the homeless situation. And uh, one thing that has also escaped the attention of mainstream media is that between 2006 and 2008 in Los Angeles County, there was a dramatic drop in the homeless census, a drop by 40,000 people. 40,000 people suddenly disappeared from the census between those two years. Now, if you looked at the censuses for years prior and the years following, there was no such drop. Um, Around 2006, I wrote an article about homelessness in Santa Monica. And I had noted that um, through through obvious uh, police behaviors, uh, that there was a, a very strong ongoing attempt to ID the population. Uh, there was an individual who was going by the name of David Moreno, who was a federal agent, who had who was trying to kind of like insinuate himself undercover into the population and show up at feedings with cameras, okay? And he'd be taking pictures of everybody. Now, uh, David Moreno was indeed a federal officer, and he was indeed involved in uh, uh, photographing everybody he could. Also, there was uh, uh, enhanced behavior by the local police that was specifically... Uh, targeting the population in attempts to ID them. And I'm going to give uh, one one uh, personal uh, account here. I was sitting on a bus bench in Santa Monica, and at the end of the bus bench there was a kind of a disheveled homeless guy, and next to him there was a like a big trash bin, okay? So he's sitting there waiting for the bus. I'm sitting there waiting for the bus. Up pull the cops, and they walk up to the guy, and they, they start to kind of bully him a bit. Then one of them reaches into the the trash can and finds a, a, a half-drunk can of beer. And they immediately turn to the guy and says, okay, we're going to arrest you. We're arresting you for drinking in public. And the guy says, but I'm, I don't have any. I, I wasn't drinking that. That's not mine. And so they bully him into giving him their his ID. So they take his ID. They write down all the relevant information. They give it back to him and say, well, we'll let you go this time. And they take off. Okay? But this... This this scenario was repeating itself massively. And this was right around the time, like a year or so before the great the great what we're calling the the great disappearance of two thousand and eight. Oh my gosh. So where did all those people go? You know, yeah, I'm telling you, that's the uh, They vanished almost. I contacted the people who did the census because, you know, sometimes people, you know, count, they, they change the way they do the counts. I mean, you have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I contacted the people who did the census. And at first they were going, well, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they said some things that didn't quite make sense. And I tried to make some sense out of it. And they finally admitted, we have no idea. We have no idea. So I then contacted um, the hub uh 
a homeless service agency in Santa Monica. It's called Ocean Park Community Center. And I asked to see their service figures for those years. And I wanted to see if they had a significant drop. No, they won't show them to you. They refuse to show them to you. Now, the, the OPCC is uh, largely funded. It's considered a private institution, but it's largely funded by government. I went to the city of Santa Monica also saying, okay, well, you've got the service figures. Can I see them? Absolutely not. <laughs> so there's like, again, there's like this, this conspiracy of silence. 40,000 people. You know, the, 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 the homeless censuses have been fairly constant. You know, they tend to rise a little bit. They might go down by 1,000 or so, but they're mostly fairly constant. All of a sudden, you lose 40,000 people overnight. At the time that the police are obviously involved in collecting data on who are these people. Huh? So. That is bizarre when you think about it because that's a lot of people not to raise. You know, that's eyebrow raising in my, in my opinion. And, well, it, it would be. It, I yeah, can't I believe it. Yeah, like, hmm. Lauren, it would be eyebrow raising if it was your neighbors. But these people are all. <laughs> okay with the neighbor. Okay. Well, this would, then this would be. But why wasn't this reported on the news, Janet? Why wasn't this, like, you know what I mean, in the newspapers? Segments all in Los Angeles County. We have an epidemic of missing homeless people. What's up? Well, it, there there have been some of the alternative media have been reporting this in other places, like homeless people are disappearing. Where are they? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Nobody knows. Nobody can say. There's just used to be a whole bunch sleeping, and now they're just like nowhere. But it's not the same for a homeless person. A homeless person doesn't have a fixed location. They may sleep here. They may sleep there. They, you know, they take a bus into L.A. and Inglewood, whatever. Okay, they're not. Okay, you can't take them can't peg them to a house. You can't peg them to a location. They're here. They're not here. And really, for people who are homeless, most people who end up on the streets uh, for an extended period of time have very minimal uh, social support systems. They don't have a family that cares for them because if, if the family cared for them, they, they'd be inside. Okay, So they're, they're, they're marginalized. They're not socially connected, mm-hmm. and if they disappeared, who'd know? You'd know there wasn't someone sleeping under your bush at night. You know, you probably didn't even know what his name was. You probably wish he'd go away. You don't want him sleeping under your bush, right? That's the way people, you know, generally see that population. So. Wait a minute. Is there anything for her. people like that? Who did? Is that what they're changing us into exactly like the homeless? Remember pulling our social systems away? Uh, you know, remember uh, workplace bullying and mo- uh, mobbing? We can't work and earn, you know what I mean, money. Pulling us out of mainstream society that we were once in as targets. You know what I'm saying? Are they making it's us happening in to a lot of, yes, yes, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Well, I have to think about what they've done to me in my life. I, I Haven't they pulled me into the state as if I am? Uh, a pauper on the street, you know. It's happened. You know, to a lot of you know what I'm saying. It's happened. Yeah, it's happened to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happened. You know, it? yeah. So it's unfortunately it happened so to the end game. Mm, yeah, just 
Because I just thought as you just said that, Janet, it just struck me. Yeah, you're right. Well, uh, Janet, I am totally picking up what you're putting down. Oh, wow. I didn't really see it quite that way, but it's very clear to me. That's what they, you know, they kind of pulled a rug from and made us living-wise as if we were, chose to be whatever, the lessitudes of our lives, as if we're homeless people. And we're, we're not, you know, we were not like that before well, this. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and the targeting mechanisms, you know, the slander, the, the you know, the, the difficulty in, in getting employment, you know, all of this mm-hmm. uh, marginalizes a person and it also destroys their social networks. So, um, so, so, you know, you, if you aren't homeless, you might as well be <laughs> for for all the social support. That's the that, that, exactly. Yeah, right. You know what? It's so true. So true. So frightening. So that's a part of their end game in order to take us down, in essence, take us out. You know what I'm saying? People who have strong, vibrant support systems are usually not targeted. Um, the, 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 the support system, and this isn't always true, but generally speaking, that support system acts as sort of a buffer. Um, but the, one of the problems in the United States, well, the United States and elsewhere now, is that the social fabric is fraying, um, the family unit is falling apart. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the, you know, the the sense of of being part of a larger unit, uh, is that sense is disappearing. And what you're having instead is you come down to a unit of one. And uh, the way people enter into marriages, the marriages break up, you know, the children go here, there, or somewhere else. It, 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 there has been almost, uh, it's almost as if uh, there's been some... Uh, results of of social engineering so that people's support systems have largely uh, frayed and uh, people are not, you know, as well protected by a family unit or larger social unit as they used to be. So it it allows the abuses, you know, that go on with homelessness, the abuses that go on with targeting, it allows these sorts of abuses to take place far more easily, and when when you at, when you enter into the mix, you know the code of slander uh, that so many of us have suffered under. You know this person is this, they're that, they're they're um, what 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 I'm in Latin America now, and and what some of the lies that are being told is this person is a baby killer. Okay, this person is a baby killer. So you know. So, so you know, Latin American cultures are are very, you know, family oriented, and they like children and lots of them. So, a baby killer shows up in their midst, and that's like, you know, that's a horror. So, you know, it's a, it's a different it's a different sort of twist on the slander that so many people have you know, in the targeted community have endured. But it, and it all goes to it it all furthers the attempts to to sever uh, the social networks which do protect people to some degree. And enriches and 
enriches and sustains our lives. That's you know what I mean. It's, it's you know being human. You know what I mean. We have being human or how we're all socialized, Janet. You know what I mean. We're born to parents, loving, safe home. You know what I mean. Socialized. You know what I mean. Civilized, assimilated into society. The quest, as you said at the beginning of our show, the American, the illusion maybe of the American dream. You know what I mean. And then we continue the generation that our parents have presented. You know, in the course of um, happiness. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, when those things are my. severed, we're sort of out out of whack, out of source, uh, ostracized. Uh, Ignored. Well, uh, and that uh, works on mine. It works on mine. I'm only speaking for me. <laughs> speaking for me. Right. I one's esteem at moment. Okay. All right. I'm just. I can't speak for anyone else. And puts us in a very um, bad predicament. Unfortunately, I, I don't know how to say it hey, in any I way. Agree. My God. It's a very. It's a. It's a very difficult predicament. And, you know, some people, people, I mean, one of the parameters that psychologists use for describing people are people who are inner-directed or people who are outer-directed. And people who are outer-directed tend to get their sense of place in the world and their self-esteem from other people. And to some degree, I think that, you know, most of us are a mix of inner and outer-directed. But if you suddenly cut off uh, all of the positive reinforcement that one gets from society, you know, if you if you're being slandered, ostracized, you know, set up on false charges, you know, called names. I mean, it it it, it man, it does a number on your head. So some people can't survive. It. Some people become so distressed uh, by this that they they mm-hmm. simply fall apart. And I, you know, I I would like to encourage everyone who has gone through this to um, to pay more attention to the inner directed part of of being a human being, and to find you know there are other sources of strength besides what other people can give you. And um, for me, it's been it's been a difficult journey for me, but. It has actually had this journey that I've been on has has helped me to to reinforce um, my sense of values, my sense of what's really important in life, and it's not other people's approval. Well, it's beautifully put. It's beautifully put, Janet. Wow. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a struggle. Because again, um, do you know what, Janet? Let's go ahead and, and do um, uh, everyone that Janet is the author of the book Exile. I believe you you mentioned a website that we can purchase your book. Um, and if you have if you have not read her book, it's it's absolutely uh, brilliant. Uh, and it's beyond that, you are uh, how you write is beautiful. Uh, you have moments where I feel candor, candid, uh, humorous. Hum, very human and passionate. It's well written. Um, oh, thank you so much. Really, um, everyone, really uh, don't walk. Take, that. 
course not. Everyone listening to me, do not walk. Run to purchase this book, please. Run. And and the website that we can actually purchase, the hard, the hard copy of the actual book, uh, Janet, where would we go to? Yeah. You can you can get either a hard copy or you can get an ebook at thebookpatch.com. Thebookpatch.com, and it's called the book is called Exile, and um, the book essentially details um, well a lot of what we've discussed today is in the book, and it it, it tells uh, the story of 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 my my journey of discovery, which began through the murder of my mother and the cover of, of the murder of my mother. So there's some, you know, there's some really heart-wrenching things in the book, but there's also, I think, a, a, a real sense of determination that uh, the person who's, the person I am in the beginning of the book is rather naive and, you know, sort of clueless. And and um, by the end of the book, uh, you you know, uh, it's, I think, what a lot of us have experienced, it being like forged through the fires of adversity. So along the way, you know, I, I'm learning about about biological weapons. Um, I'm talking about this water system stuff. I've also uh, happened upon uh, the likelihood that um, a medical doctor named Vudabrasan in South Africa under the apartheid regime was actually uh, successful in creating a DNA weapon that uh, can be used against people of color. And it appears that he was successful in creating this weapon, and it appears that uh, the weapon has been deployed successfully and is creating certain kinds of illnesses in darker-skinned people, and that's also discussed in the book. So... um, I, I, when I fell down the rabbit hole, I, I ran into a whole lot of other people down there. Mm-hmm, I'm telling you, it's deep. So <laughs> You're not lying, Janet. That rabbit hole, everyone, that's a deep ditch, okay? I'm not lying. Okay, the, the oh, beast is something else. Isn't that that? Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. Um, before we close, because we uh, respect and understand, Janet, that you... With time constraints this evening, um, you're unable to, you know, stay with us as long as you would like. Um, is there anything as we close and maybe have some brief questions and answers you'd like to leave on the table for us to, you know what I mean, really think about this matter well, of pandemic uh, I think, genocide? Yeah. I think that um, people who are being targeted by whatever they're being targeted with, if they're being targeted with directed energy. I, by the way, am not uh, being hit with directed energy. The, um, the the mother government has actually put me into a chemical weapons program, so they're actually hitting me with chemical weapons now, which is, I'll tell you, quite a trip. So, uh, you know, but if you're if you're dealing with adult guardianships, if you're dealing with your children being taken from you, if you're dealing with homelessness, if you're, you know, whatever sort of targeting uh, issues or programs that you are in, I think uh, one of the things that tends to happen to people is they get, and certainly it's happened to me, is that you get focused on exactly what's happening to you, and your world almost begins to narrow. 
down to the fact that you're being hurt and this is happening to you. And um, I think it's extremely important for us to, to get the big picture. And I think if we only pay attention to what is exactly happening to us, um, I think it will we'll lose some of our power. I think power in knowledge and in understanding the nature of the world we're in and in understanding that there really is an end game uh, at play here and that, you know, that that we can protect ourselves if we know if we understand what the larger picture is. So I really do believe that. So I guess if there's any, you know, final words of wisdom, that's it. Uh, um, just keep reading, keep researching, keep learning, and keep connecting with other people, even if, you know, they, they may be having different issues than you are exactly. They may have a piece of the puzzle that you don't have. So. Well put. Absolutely well put. Janet, if you just have a few moments, um, would you be open to answering from the audience? Should they have any questions or comments before we close? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, everyone at this time. Oh, terrific. Everyone at this time, if you have any questions for our guest speaker, Janet Halen, go ahead and star two. Star two. It raises your hand, and I'll open you up for questions. 612 has a question. Let's open you up. Go ahead, 612. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. Go ahead. You have a question for Janet? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We can hear you. Um, years ago now, I was on an Indian reservation, and a gentleman told me, that um, the government hired him to work with the foreign forces, and this is North Dakota, to uh, take over the water supply. After that, my friend was murdered. I was almost uh, put away in a mental institution that directed energy weapons, all kinds of wild stuff. Uh, people have died with this, um, who have known about this. And then came in the um, North Dakota pipeline. Now, what's interesting was um, when, I, when they tried to put me in a mental institution on false charges, one of the guys that was in there, he claimed that his uncle had like 190 IQ and he found that they were doing something with the water supply. And so they took him, put her under ECT and all kinds of drugs, and by the time they were done with him, he couldn't even say his name. And then another guy that was in there, it was like one-third to one-half of us were targeted individuals. And it looked like I was being set up for organ harvest. And this other gentleman that was there was part of the military, and he was claimed that he was part of the genocide program in Afghanistan where they were killing men, women, and children and throwing them in trenches. And he said, this is back in April, over a year ago, that there were eight fully operational FEMA camps that he knew of. Most of these were underground, and that's where most of our homeless population is going. It looks like one of the homeless guys that was there was um, possibly taken for organ harvesting. But I made it out due to a fluke, and they actually almost put me through, even though they court mandated me to have my medical records. I wasn't allowed to have my medical records. They tried to keep me from getting any phone calls. They tried to prevent me from having any witnesses. Uh, I wasn't allowed to um, submit any evidence. And um, they were going to force drug me before the hearing. I found out when I got my medical records. I got out due to a fluke. But when I got my medical records, 
it, sh- it uh, showed that they were doing all kinds of tests on my organs, and I was, uh, 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 I was being committed on paper to a place called Anoka, and they sent all my medical records dealing with all the organs of mine that were healthy, and they were upset that I got out. But it seems like this is um, quite pervasive because the Indian reservation that was dealing with the military in North Dakota, they were covered with FEMA. And FEMA gave them money to expand their prisons, and uh, they basically took over the whole uh, whole reservation. Uh, this is Spirit Lake. And then, if you, when you were talking about the organ harvest, um, or the homeless, actually, there was that guy at PlainTruth.info that did an article. It was probably about three months back now on the homeless population, and I think it was Santa Rosa, and about how 200,000 of them are missing, and how a reporter connected it to the organ trade. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that, and I would love to see that. Um, also, um, when you... I was in Germany yeah. for, um 2015, I noticed the homeless population would go missing on satanic holidays. And I ran into facilities that looked exactly like concentration camps, and they seemed connected underground. And then all of a sudden they go missing, and then when I came back, BP Earthwatch did an article, and if you look at 5,000 missing immigrants, there are two government politicians who came forward and said there's part of an organ trade going on with the immigrants. And these are two public officials, and they said that uh, basically there's a connection with the organ harvesting of the homeless as well. Um, I would like to give you my. I'd like to give you my phone number. I'd like to talk with you extensively about all this. Um, if you if you're able to call me, um, can I do that or give you an email address? Because yeah. I would really like to hear. Sounds like um, you've had a a lot of experiences and have a lot of information. I would love. To... Go ahead. They have destroyed four computers of mine and four phones, and there actually happens to be a priest that knows about the 600,000 troops. God from a second source, he knows the same. And I can't get through to him after this. There are other people that know my stories. I cannot even, if I had two hours, I couldn't tell you everything that I know and all the people I've run into. It's just crazy. Um, uh, um, Lauren has my number. She can get it. Okay. Uh, I sure good. do. This um, is Jen. Um, Janet, how do you feel if I go ahead and... Uh, Janet, after we're done with the call, can I go ahead? Kim, is that okay? I'm going to go ahead and text Janet's uh, phone number to you. Or, or Janet, I will text oh, Kim's phone number to you. That's what I'll do. Janet, I will yes. text Kim's yes. telephone number to you. Okay. Yes, I right would after really the show, appreciate I will do it. it now. I would appreciate it. Um, I'd like to the say Christmas something about this mental hospital. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. They're spraying Kim, go ahead. foam on the shoreline of this place. Uh, where I'm staying right now, and it seems to be doing something with dying trees. And then I notice when I detox, foam comes out of me, and it's coming out of my gums. So I think I'm part of some sort of biological weapons testing. Uh, That sounds pretty scary. I'm really they sorry are, uh, to keep talking. I wouldn't know what else to say about that. Um, I wanted to make a comment about the mental hospitals um, because as uh, as targeted individuals know, uh, 
there seems to be a real interest in in putting us into mental hospitals. And um, back under Reagan, uh, they they started closing down the larger facilities. They had this idea about community care, right? And so they people who were in the state mental hospitals were taken uh, into community housing. Well, it appears that the uh, that the pendulum is swinging back, um, uh, and they're now building mental hospitals like crazy in the U.S. I mean, anybody can if if you just Google, you know, new new mental hospital or something. I mean, you're going to find that that they're just building these these things everywhere, and at the same time, they're changing some of the federal laws in order to make it uh, easier to mandate people who are considered non-compliant, uh, non-compliance, right? Uh, and they can stick you in a mental hospital for that. And one of the things that they're doing in many communities is they're sending out these uh, teams uh, trolling, you know, social workers and quasi-medical personnel and fans, and they're trolling, trolling for homeless people. And they find homeless people, and then they, you know, they insist, well, you've got to take these meds, and if you prove to be non-compliant, and you're not taking the poison, because those meds really aren't aren't good for people, and I think people know that by now, then they they can have you court-ordered to be incarcerated, even if you don't have any behaviors other than possibly being, you know, without a place to live, right? No behaviors. You're not violent. You're not talking to yourself. You're just non-compliant with the meds. So there's actually federal laws that are being passed about this, and, and these hospitals are springing up everywhere. So it's, an, it's another, um, I you know, it's another indication. Go ahead. Yeah, that is the case. Um, if you look at my video, it's on Ramola D reports. It's her most popular video. If you go under most popular, and then there was a supplement that I did on MIG-C, which goes into black or goes into the connections that the hospital that was in with the Department of Homeland Security and brain augmentation and mandatorily chipping people. And I was in there, um, they put me under, and um, I do have chips that are actually starting to come out of my body. And this oh is how they're torturing me with the key weapons. Oh, that's terrible. Do, do you have, put, like, x-rays and there, stuff showing that? Everywhere okay. I go, these doctors are intimidated to help me, and uh, they refuse to help me wherever I go. And they said I was mentally ill because I thought I had Lyme disease. But when I got out, I found out I had Lyme disease, embobesia, and all kinds of other stuff, and I can't get treated for any of it. So they're just kind of slowly waiting for me to die. And uh, when I was in the hospital, this facility that was in for Sanford, um, they changed, changed it so you can lock down the doors from the nurses' station. They're changing it into a lockdown facility. So they also just, um, these RFID chips give you cancer, and they just made a huge half a billion dollar facility to treat cancer. Now, when they did that, they also opened up that whole hospital for more rooms to hold people. Well, you know, the medical establishment is certainly a big part of of um, creating unnecessary and uh, 
and dangerous problems for people. Could I just ask that lady what she uses for a detox? Uh, MMS. I find uh, it gets a lot of the foam out. I use a lot of MMS. uh, MMS? Some people. Master Mineral Solution. Uh, Genesis 2 Church sells it. Um, The government was trying to shut them down because it cures like 97% of all known illnesses. But um, actually, um, they made themselves a church so the government couldn't come down on it. But also at the same time, the government is trying to patent what they have. So uh, it's actually Can you repeat the name? Oh, excuse me one second, everybody. Okay, and what church? Okay, everyone, I'm still having a speaker. Hi, everyone, we're still having a speaker going on. They just had to make themselves a church so the government didn't shut them down. But actually, it helps kill a variety of things in you. And um, my kidneys were shutting down. And so this actually helped open them up and um, probably saved my life. Okay, everyone, that's MMS. That's what we're going into. Um, Again, uh, Kim, I will let uh, Janet have your phone number. Again, with time permits, uh, Janet has to leave us earlier. Thank you. Does anyone have any questions? We're still in questions. In comments mode, I have a speaker. Go ahead and start, too. Hi, this is Christina. And I just got on. And I was wondering what the topic is. Uh, We had a speaker. It started at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on pan epidemic uh, genocide with Janin Flagan. Um, Everyone, just hold on a second. Okay. All right. Okay, everyone. Again, uh, our speaker tonight was the author of the book, Exile, Janet Flynn. Uh We're getting ready to close. Um, it was... Uh, our talk show unfortunately did start early because of Janet's schedule, and we're in the mode of question and answer mode. I know many of you may have questions or shielding or not, but I do try to keep a type of formality with my calls or we'll get easily off track, and I don't think any of us want to do that as we were going on. Again, if anyone has any questions tonight for our speaker, Ms. Janet Flagan, go ahead and start too. On your board, I'll see you start too. Our podcast begin. Um, when it does upload, usually an hour after the show, you can go ahead and hear the very beginning. Uh, most of my calls sta- start, everyone, in a timely manner. Timely manner. Okay. So if there's again a question for tonight's speaker, Janet Flagan, go ahead. You have a question? Hmm. Okay, your question for tonight's speaker. Yes. 
Okay. Um, Janet, if you're on the call, I think my board is being compromised. Uh, go ahead and start too, and I can see you on the board clearly. And to open you up. Again, tonight we're still in question and that comments mode. Hand raised, okay. Uh, okay, sorry about that, I'm being compromised. Are you there, Janet? Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Okay, Janet, are you there? Opened up? Yep, I sure am. Okay, okay I think I'm being uh, compromised, perked on my board right now. I'm sorry. Uh, again, I like the questions and answers, everyone, but we'll get slowly off track and with the speaker and stuff. Let's have, uh, you know, decorum. It's very important. So, again, if you have a question for tonight's speaker, go ahead and raise your hand. We're going to open up at the beginning with uh, 863. Go ahead and open up 863. Okay, go ahead. You opened up 863. Okay, 863, you have a question for Ms. Flail. Janet, tonight our speaker. Well, Janet, uh, there's no more questions at this time. Uh, I really... Janet had a wonderful interview with you this evening and gained much knowledge of, as you put it, we become more wise when we get out of our own little cubbyhole thinking that our program is just it. It's not just weapons. It's just not organized or contract stalking. As I like to always see it, I see it as a Ferris wheel, everyone. I saw that very clear when my sister and I were targeted. Don't get obsessed of the seat that you're you have been put in. A terrorist wheel has many seats that make it go round and round. Some of us are trafficked, asset stripping, guardianship fraud with our elderly. And Janet, I really would love the opportunity to have you back on the show. That is, if you can, in the next few months in the season. I would love to come back on your show, Lauren. And I wanted to thank you again so much for having me on tonight. And uh, I guess if I have want to leave, you know, anyone with any sort of input, um, you know, it's just, again, that it's really important for us to pay as much attention as we can to the big picture. Um, because if we're only, if we're looking at the forest and we're only seeing that one tree, um, we're not getting mm-hmm. the picture. And that big picture may save your life. So, um I want to thank you again so much, Lauren, for having me on, and God bless. God bless you, too, uh, Janet. You were absolutely splendid. Uh, everyone, um, I'm very happy that you dropped by. Again, the uh, interview would upload, and Janet, I'll make sure to send that to you also via Facebook, as well as Kim's telephone number that you can connect. Um, and we've had a fabulous show this evening, as many of you know. Uh, with the hardship, but I'm trying to get uh, my sisters and I back, hopefully, <laughs> sanctuary in the state of California for better medical care. And it's, I think it's what my mom would have wanted. Uh, 
We've got the middle sister that flew in with no problem, thank God, last night, uh, everyone. And um, as always, we end the show with a oldie but goodie. Um, as the young people like to call it, um, everyone, I am... Uh, I'm going to go ahead, as the young people like to put it, um, drop in the mic... And this is an older one that I think my mother used to always like when we were little girls. So let's get it off. And again, a warm, gracious thank you to Miss Janet Flagan, Phelan. Please buy her book titled Exile. Miss Phelan, thank you so much, Janet. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Good night. Good night.